you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Today's guest on ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski is Dick Chudnow. In 1984, Dick created and licensed the comedy sports improvisational comedy format, and the world has never been the same. There are now over 20 cities of licensed comedy sports franchises in the United States, including New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Not bad for someone who thinks they don't communicate very well, hmm? We had a probing, frank, honest, and fascinating chat. We covered everything from Viola Spolin to Keith Johnstone to Del Close to how funny farts are. If you're a fan of improv, comedy, business, or just being a Mensch, this is the interview for you. Recorded during the Comedy Sports World Championship in San Jose, California. Enjoy. Uh, I want to say, I want to, first of all, I'm just so excited to talk to you, and I don't usually start things that way. Um, you've, you've changed the world. Don't you think? Do you ever think about that? You know, I read it something interesting in amazing and we're talking about and that people who are successful in, in one field or another don't see their success the way the public does or other people so yeah people tell me at these tournaments or at the championships especially say, look at all the people what do you, you know aren't you proud and excited about what you did and I am, but it's it's not the same. I'm not viewing it from the same way. So I view it in a different way. And I view it for the people, individuals who have done this, or are doing this, and going, yeah, you're amazing that you're doing this. And thank you. And I also add on, uh, you you could have been an accountant. You could have been a lawyer. Instead, you're doing this shit. <laughs> or they are accountants the, and lawyers and doing this shit. Uh, the most exciting thing about it for me is when there's a show, I go up into the audience and I try to see what everybody's laughing at. Young, you know, there can be a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And they're laughing at the same thing. And that gets me really. That fills me with something. Nachas. Nachas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're 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 present to the people that are on stage, but you're also present to the, the audience. You know, you're taking in the whole thing. There is that what you're saying? That you're 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 watching. You're taking in the whole spectacle. Yeah, it's tough to watch shows. I mean, these shows are unbelievable. They 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 just get pumped up for them. And new games that I've never seen, it, it, it's pretty amazing. But when I'm at Milwaukee Comedy Sports, I've seen so many shows. And as a director, you know that you see every little flaw. You see, I want to correct that. I want to correct this. Uh, and I can't. I, I can't do that anymore. So I watch the audience. You can't do that anymore. Anymore means what? You you don't have the time to 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 coach. It's none of my business. That's interesting. What does that mean? I think I know what that means. What does that mean when you what say it's none of my business? Means? Um, it's none of your business that you you allow those people to unfold and fully evolve on, on their own level. I, I've come to that conclusion that that works best. We used to do notes after the show, so the referee would do the notes and he'd say. Try to be, when you play this game, try to bring someone in with you. Okay. And he doesn't make it specific. So everybody everybody in the room's thinking, did I, was that me? Was that me? Did I, did I, did I do that? Right. And so I stopped notes. Unless you did it person to person, unless you did it directly to the person and said, hey, yeah, work on your gibberish. Hey, try to learn some more accents or whatever. Whatever the note's going to be, I I'm not. I don't know what it is about. I have to be honest with you. I'm not a good communicator. I I I can't <clears throat> express myself very well. Part of it's because people think I'm sarcastic. I come off as sarcastic, so they don't know how to take me. And I was teaching classes, and the class would say that. I don't know. They would you, say, "I don't know." Are how you being serious? And to me. Yeah, perfectly serious. Well, I don't watch myself, and I listen to myself, and I sound like I'm completely serious. 
have taken Toastmasters, I, I don't know what it is. You know what it's like? It's like being tone deaf. I don't know what it is, why I'm tone deaf, why I can't, I'm not a good communicator. Now, when I, I perform, like I just did the ref show, it was the ref at the show, and the audience loved it because I didn't care. I was so bad. I forgot so many things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to play a game. They played a game called farting. And it's a very simple game. You, 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 the booth does farts while you're doing the scene. If you laugh, you're out. And you can't come back. And it, it was the funniest thing I think I've seen in a Farts long are time. really funny. Farts are just funny. Yeah. I, 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 I want to go... I want to go. I want to uh, address the "you're not a good communicator." Mm -hmm. I don't know how this. I don't know how comedy sports would have gotten where it is right now if you were a bad communicator. Mm -hmm. I really don't understand that because I know that success is uh, for me when I see something that um, grows at, at the rate that comedy sports has grown mm -hmm. over the past 34, 33, 34 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. At how much it's grown. If you were not a good communicator, you would not be able to impart the love that you have for it, the focus that you have for it, the direction that you have for it, and it would, people would not have gotten it. People would not have taken it because what's, what's happened, Dick, is, and you know this, people have taken it and they've run. They've run to all the corners mm -hmm. of the stupid yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. So I don't understand that. I don't understand, and again, you're living in your body, uh, but I'm looking at it going, everyone that I, like so many people that I know are, that are so awesome, came from the com comedy sports. You know, Brad Sherwood, I look at, yeah. I look at Brad, yeah. um, uh, I, I look at uh, Wayne, was Wayne Brady a comedy sports person? No. No, okay, but I look at all these guys who know the games that are essentially developed through like a comedy sports structure and that has inspired these people because of what it is that you've done. So I don't understand and again, this is just me. I don't understand where where the disconnect comes in. Okay, I still have the passion. I could talk about improv and comedy sports mainly, as long as you want to talk about it. I'm absolutely passionate about it. I'm passionate about how it's done and what it is. So for instance, it's not. We're the McDonald's of improv, and I'm I'm proud of that that we've made it for everybody. That's what I'm most proud of. And I have the passion of bringing it to as many people as possible because they laugh, they take workshops, and, and they come out of their, wherever they're in. Whatever they're in means the shell that they yeah. might be in. Yeah, right. And God bless them that they're willing to go up and, and try that. And it's just there's so many aspects that make me happy. But the communication, I'll give you an example. When the first city that we started after Milwaukee was Madison, and they were fantastic, they were amazing, and four of them are now managers in other cities. Jeff Kramer here. Yes, I saw Jeff today. In San Jose, <clears throat> he was brilliant. I tried to explain the concept. Comedy sports says we have this and we have two teams and they play this and they, we play these games and some of the games we're playing now, we play those. The referee calls time. They're three minutes long because the audience can't, they don't want it any longer. There's, there's a definite end to each one if one doesn't work, the other works. And I would not explain it as best I could and I took a field trip to the show in Milwaukee. And after this show, I heard them saying, oh, I get it. <laughs> I, they didn't and they must have tuned out at some point <laughs> I see people doing that some of it's because people don't you listen you see people doing what? Tuning, tuning out? tuning out yeah yeah yeah, yeah I see that happening mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, it may be are they tuning out because of the way that you're you're expressing it or you're giving them too much information I give yeah I think that's it. I think you hit on it. I have too many things to say, and I want to say them all at the same time. I want to say them all at once. And here's, and I digress my 
gotta go. And I forget where I am. And these things I digress to were off of something that I said, but by the time I get back to it, they, what, what just happened? What this fuck, what the hell, what happened there? Let me say, did anybody, anybody hear that? And I realize it, but to me it's fascinating <laughs> because I, I'm so excited about it. Right. And I am a little, uh, I do have to take some Adderall mm -hmm. uh, because I can't focus. Mm -hmm. Except when I'm doing improv. And that's what was so magical about it when I first did it and, and didn't have to think. And it became my religion. It's very interesting that that, that statement, you don't have to think. Yeah. Because I think that... Um, it's very interesting that you say, I don't have to think. Um, I have experienced, the experience that I have is getting the actors to no longer think mm -hmm. and to just respond. Mm -hmm. And to get them out of the, because so many people are caught up into the rules. And when you're caught up into the rules, they want to get things right. Mm -hmm. But what we don't understand is when I watch a comedy sports show or any other show, I'm looking for you to make a mistake. Because when you make a mistake, that's when I get a big laugh. I mean, that's when I laugh. In certain games. Right. There's certain games that are fail-safe. Forward-reverse. Mm -hmm. Right. You know that game? Yes. Okay. You, you win if you make a mistake, you know, going back or coming forward. You win if you get it exactly right. So it, it doesn't matter. And those are the games that I love. Scene work is... It's fun. I'm a shtick. I, I love shtick. You're, it's old school. I love shtick. Mm -hmm. And my first instructor, Sid Grossfeld. Where was, uh, would, where was Sid? This is where Los Angeles. Uh -huh. Los Angeles. Someone said, hey, Dick, you got your funny guy. You should take this, this improv workshop. Didn't know what improv was. You know, I didn't know how it worked or anything. And I just did What shtick. year was that? What year was that? And it was 70, 70, 69, 70. Oh, 60, yeah, 60, 69. Comedy was so different then. For me, I look back on those days, because 69, I was 10, and I'm looking back on those days, 69, and I would watch, uh, I don't know if Laughing was on that, but certainly who, who Carson had on his show, right. um, who um, uh, Merv Griffin had on his show, who, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Michael du Mike, Mike, Mike Douglas had mm -hmm. on his show, mm -hmm. the stand-ups that were in mm -hmm. that world at that time. Mm -hmm. And comedy was all about the shtick. Yeah. And nothing much, wrong with that. Pretty much. Uh, it wasn't uh, my story, you know, observations. It wasn't as much ob observational humor. But, and that was when uh, the comedy store, there was a strike. And you're too young to know that. But there was a strike, a comic strike. They wanted to be paid more and they wouldn't perform. And so they... Mitzi's place. Not Mitzi. Right. Mitzi's place. She was a trip. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, but but you, you, I, I I look at. See now, I was going to go to Viola Spolin. Because Viola was in Viola was in L.A. as Laurel, well. Laurel Canyon. Yeah. Right. But see, that doesn't that that focus focus on. We're talking about. Uh, um, what were we talking about? We're, <laughs> you're talking about shtick. Originally, you were talking about shtick yeah. and how you were a shtick person. Oh, and and, and what's and uh, uh, Mil, more Millie uh, uh, Shore, uh, Mitzi, Mitzi Shore, right? Mitzi Shore. And that's what we were talking about. Right. So I got the connection, woman, uh, improv or you know comedy, and went right to Viola um, Spolin. Which is what I do, and it's hard to follow. Because you leave them hanging. Mitzi Shore, what about her? Well, Viola Spolin. <laughs> you did take from Viola. You did work with Viola, or you did not? No, I did not. But did not. when we were doing Kentucky Fried Theater in Los Angeles, um, I, I thought, oh, Viola Spolin is here. I wonder if she's in the phone book. I looked in the phone book. There she was. Called her, and David Zucker, the... the you know, was willing to do stuff, experiment. Said, Let's go visit her. And we, so we went up to her her house in Laurel Canyon. It was all vine covered and everything. <laughs> and I had wished I'd put breadcrumbs for the way back <laughs> because I didn't know what was going to happen. She answers the door and she's in a moo moo. Remember a moo moo? Oh, sure. She was in a moo moo and long flowing. Uh, she was an earth mother. 
She looked like an earth Absolutely. mother. Absolutely. And the whole thing was, was, and she was very gracious. And she had made us stuffed mushrooms. Did she, she, she expected you, you, you told her that you were coming. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, yeah, we called no, no, her. Yeah. Yeah, come on up. Yeah. And it was such an honor. I mean, my God, feel the spoiling. Right. Who, who really is responsible for comedy sports because if she didn't write all the games down, none of us would, you know, be doing improv. So Neva was, Boyd and Viola. Yeah. Absolutely. Neva, you know, gets no credit. But every once in a while, when people when people talk about uh, Viola, I want to talk about Neva. You, I don't want to talk about Neva, but I got to go, let's you pop, gotta pop put Neva gotta, in there. Let's put, put Neva in there. Because she gets no, she really doesn't get credit. She doesn't get it. But, you know, Neva inspired Viola. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And what's also crazy is there was somebody named Viola Spolin. <laughs> and she wrote a book. Yeah. And she wrote all that shit down. Yeah. And then her son, Paul Sills. Who I took a workshop from was a whole other story. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, but like the people that I know that, that took Paul's workshop or were acolytes of Paul, they all have stories about Everybody. crazy Paul yeah. and his... Uh, you Temper. either you were doing improv or you won't, which is so true. Either you're not thinking or you're thinking, and there, there was no middle ground. He wouldn't accept any thinking, and uh, intimidate people, and throw things. At him. Right, he would throw chairs. Right, yeah. I saw. I've, I've heard he throw. He, he threw, threw chairs. a chair. I never friend. met him. I never met him. Um, great, he's a nice guy. He was great. Having dinner with him afterwards was was, but Viola. I wanted to tell her we were doing Kentucky Fried Theater and there was some improv in the show. And I was waiting and waiting and you know, she was talking about improv and games and everything. And finally I said, well, you know, Viola, if you don't mind me calling you that, uh, we're doing one of your games called Changing Emotions in the show. And she had a mushroom in her hand and she threw it on the table and said, God Damn it, everybody's stealing my games and no one's paying me a cent for them. Oh, that was a bad story. I shouldn't have told you. No, that. it's a beautiful story, <laughs> but because really, I think a lot of people look at uh, look at Viola and they look at Viola and they look at uh, uh, they look at certainly looking at Viola, what must that have been like oh, yeah. to see your your is it a creation or the what you midwifed and suddenly, everybody's making money off of it. And, and uh, making little uh, cards in, in little sets where you pick out the games. And that's what she was really upset about. But you can't copyright games. No, you can't. Yeah. And I know that they tried. Yeah. I know they tried. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can't copyright games, but... Uh, Oh yeah, but but s- wait, wait, is it? but but I, 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 there are some things that are copyrighted. Yes, and comedy sports uh, copyrights the format. We can't copyright the games, even though we come up with. You know, well, Keith uh, doesn't Keith like my, is Maestro's Keith, right? Oh yeah, and Keith, like, yeah, and and you, you you don't you don't you don't get to do that without paying him, right? Keith, Keith yeah. Johnson, yeah, yeah. Um, when we started, we were theater sports. And then we were kind of on the fringe and we weren't doing what they were doing. And they didn't like what we were doing because we changed it. Referee and AstroTurf and it was a sport. It was... And costumes. It was costumes, wigs, uh, three-minute time limit. You know, that whole thing, halftime, all the sports terms instead of uh, theater terms. So any sports term... Uh, would be used instead of theater term. It wasn't uh, uh, intermission. I said that already. It wasn't intermission. It was half time. Right. Uh, it wasn't a stage. It was a field. You know, so stuff like that. So they weren't happy. And when they had a tournament up in Calgary, I wanted to participate, and they wouldn't let me. Because we, they wouldn't let comedy sports. They didn't want us there. How do you feel about that? Um, well, I changed it to comedy sports. Oh, 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 because you were still theater sports. <laughs> we were still then. theater sports, okay, okay. We, so we changed it to comedy. And then sports. what happened? The relationship changed. The relationship. It, no, he better. didn't really care. 
he's not like that. He he, no. did, he didn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. No, he do, he doesn't care. And and that was that was great. It's uh, very interesting to be because there's people like Keith. I mean, there's there's Keith, there's Viola, there's Dell. <laughs> oh, did he hate comedy sports? Oh, I know. I took. I know. For me, I was with Dell in eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. You know, just as you guys were 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 given birth to you yeah. guys. Yeah. He, because Dell saw it as a, as a very different. It wasn't pure improv at all. It was okay. I call it comprov instead of improv because it involves comedy timing. It involves shtick. It involves all the forms of comedy. Not improv, yes, but you know, game like uh, uh, Jeopardy. Where you know, you go back and forth, and I say a word, and you you uh, do the question. Right. Right. What is? Yeah. Okay. For instance, yeah. uh, I give you a word, uh, uh, McDonald's, and you go. What is the best Scottish food in the universe? Yes, and I, and that that or uh, where do you park your Mack truck? Okay. So we get these set ones because they work. The trick is to make it look like you're making it up, to look like you're doing it for the first time, which is acting. You know, it's got to look like the first time, right? I, I don't see a lot of difference between acting and improv. And Acting is improv. Yeah, it, I, I think so, definitely. That's, that's so my we trademark. save those things, uh -huh. and, you know, it, it, it's not the same. They don't like that. You know, it's not improv. You're not doing improv, okay, or not. Mm -hmm. Well, that's but people right. look at what you do as improv. We say it's improv, and mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the the stuff they come out with, is, uh, I, it's it's unreal. So, well, the people that I've worked that I've that I've watched, it's like if this, I, I got to tell you, what you just told me is like, oh, I didn't know that. But if this isn't improv, then you got some of the finest actors in the world going <laughs> up there right. and working that out. Some, it's just some of the games. No, yeah. I get it. I totally yeah. get it because I know that when when I was uh, directing Second City, there are things that you do when. If, if we would do this, I, I don't want to do this anymore, but if when you are confronted with this, this is what I would do. <laughs> yeah. This is how I, this is what I mm -hmm. would do. Mm -hmm. um, but I could, I could see that. Did you, did you have interactions with Dell at all? Del did Close? you know Dell? I took a workshop from him and he was railing against comedy sports and was all I could do to not say something. You know, all I could do was play the games and do the best I could at right. the games you wanted to play. Uh huh. Where was this? This is Chicago. Mm -hmm. yeah. At uh, at uh, I don't know what I don't know which one is. Uh, uh, was it? Because uh, uh, there was a place called Cross Currents, um, but Dell was in, in a lot of Dell was in a lot of play. What year was this? Do you remember? Oh, sorry, we're going back there. Early uh, 1900s. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, wait, you know how old I am. Back in my day. We took a horse and buggy over there. Can I get a suggestion? Because um, uh, I was there. I started with Dell in 82, 83, 80, 82, 83, 84. When you started with him, you were teaching workshops? Um, no, no, I was a student. Okay. Um, I started in a theater company called Geese Theater Company for prisons. I did a non-comedic improv in prisons for a year. Wow. And before that, I, I just celebrated my 50th year of, of doing theater. So, um, But I, I graduated college, and then I went, to, I went back to Chicago because I'm from Chicago. And, um, and I, nobody knew who Dell was. Nobody knew. I mean, you, you're, you are one of these people that, that I can tell, talk about this where you go, back in the day... There was comedy sports, we'll say, up in Milwaukee. Um, there was comedy sports. There was um, Dudley Riggs. Right, right. There was Second City, right. Improv Olympic, right. Players Workshop. Were there more, Dick, that I'm not remembering? No, as a matter of fact, when we went to Milwaukee, there was no comedy at all. And people advised me against it because one guy said because people in Milwaukee don't like to laugh. <laughs> what? There's nothing there. And now there's so many improv troops. I mean, just... Doesn't take, it blow you three, away? Take three nouns and, and put them together and that's an improv troop. <laughs> right, right. And a verb. Right, right. Uh, uh, we were talking about an improv group uh, today. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, but I, looking at that, looking... At where it was in 80, 82, 83, 84, and looking at now, uh, all your people today are walking around with t-shirts that have a list of the worldwide places that, yeah. that these... Yeah, yeah, and it, it's, uh, 
it's introduced it's introduced a lot of people to improv that didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, it's it's gotten a lot of people involved and a lot of people. So you have some players in your team and they decide they want to do long form. So they form their own companies and that's great. A lot of people in comedy sports are stealing this. No, <laughs> no, they're not. It, it's a, f- it's funny how uh, sense of ownership uh, keeps you from being a happy person. Uh, well, sense of ownership keeps you from being a happy person. I totally understand that mm-hmm. because there's a sense of this is mine, this is mine, but it's not yours. And no matter what I've done, no matter what I teach. I'm teaching what somebody taught me, yeah. and I don't own it at all. And I think a lot of people have uh, take, when when uh, I look at Maestro, and when people explain to me what Maestro is, I go, what What do you mean? And I'm not, I don't, I truly dick do not understand how that works. Where if you are doing, you can do this, but somebody gets a slice of that pie. You You can't do that structure. And that I don't understand. And, and again, I'm not making a judgment call on it. I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? It, it's interesting and it's because comedy sports, and this was different. This is, was different from any improv that I knew of, any, even Keith, where it was a business. We're going to run this like a business uh, because I've seen so many improv troops uh, where there's no leader. They just say, well, hey, we're, we're, you know, we're going to cooperate with each other. And they're gone in, in a year or two. And so if it's run like a business and you can bring enough people in and do enough remotes and stuff, you can keep going forever. Maybe. Right. And uh, that was very different. And people didn't like that. Um, some improv what did people, people want? There's a purity. People wanted to keep it as a purity or yeah, what? Yeah, purity. Purity of improv as a religion, as an art. As an art. It's yeah. interesting you say improv is a religion, but as, okay, as an art. As an art just pure. What's wrong with commodifying something? It, they, it went against, it's like making money, you know, for them, making money off of religion, which you know, obviously has happened. <laughs> Jesus did not pour. Jesus is telling us, okay, we'll have uh, uh, these troops all over the world that, and then, you know, they'll, they'll uh, do a remotes where they teach everybody about religion. Break it in. <laughs> so, so you know, Keith Johnstone uh, really is the originator of comedy sports. Because it wasn't for him. I saw a show and I thought, this is great, this is great, but they just do some things that, that wouldn't work for a, a, an audience that are, are not wouldn't work for us in Milwaukee. And that's no ending. You didn't know when it was gonna end, you know, and it was to scenes and games. And then they did the curtain thing, that's They did an arm coming down. They did an arm coming down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they can't see that. Did an arm coming down stuff, and it was dirty. And I knew that wouldn't work with families. And that they, um, it was funny. It was funny, but yeah, I'll tell you uh, uh, one story from seeing that show. Uh, this is in Calgary. This, this is in uh, uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, they were so good. Mm-hmm. Were Do you remember anybody who was in that company? Uh, uh, Styles, Ryan Styles. Ryan, of course. He was so generous. Yeah. What a good man. Oh, yeah. And he, he, what a good man. Yeah, he really, he was so supportive of us. Right. And didn't see it as anything that was competitive or going to take something away from them, well, which I, other improv troops did. But I feel that, that high tide raises all boats. Yeah. You know, and, and so this idea of professional jealousy, it's going to kill you, Dick. That's right. It's going to kill you. Yeah. You can't be, you can't, you can't be happy with that. Uh, if happiness is a goal. But they were great. But there was a, there was a, a, an award they would give. They would give awards for like the best improviser of the night. And there was this one kid who was in the troupe. Everybody loved. The audience loved him. He was cute. He was short. He was funny. He was great. And they gave the, the award to somebody else. And I remember that the kid was sitting in his, with his people around him. You know, there were 11, 12, 13 people. And sitting there with them surrounding him, leaning up against him, and he lost. And his 
teammates went, oh. And the audience went, oh. What a downer. You know, it didn't matter what happened earlier because it's all in the ending. It's all how you end it. And it was such a downer. I said, okay, that sort of thing can't happen. You know, it's all... If you're going to do comedy sports, that can't happen. No, no, it can't. It, it's, uh, it's trite saying it's teamwork. You know, it's about the team. And everybody before the show, everybody went to everybody else. The two teams that are competing... Competing in quotation marks. Right, and, and the, the phrase we use is we want to win, but we don't care if we lose. Right. Now, to me, that's a metaphor for life, for, for the way to live your wife. Life. A way to live your wife. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, uh, so the way to live life is like we, uh, uh, we want to win, but we don't care if we lose. Yeah. If we lose, we get back up and we, we forget about it. Right. And go on. And everybody was, was patting everybody on the back on both teams. And I got your back, I got your back, I got your back. Because what's, what's so great about the two teams, there's an assist point in mm-hmm. comedy sports. Well, if you can go in and assist, do an assist, you get a, a point for your team. So you're always ready to help the other team right. out. It, it, it's This tournament especially... Here in San Jose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was kind of magic. What was magic? That the way the teams played with each other. Mm-hmm. And when I say with each other, they would join. They'd see what was needed in their scene, in their game, and they would join in and help out. The competition. Yeah. The, the quote yeah, competition. And they, yeah. And, right. And they didn't care about getting a point. No, it doesn't they, matter. It doesn't matter. But the audience thinks it does. I remember refing a show, and it was a high school show. And we have a high school league, and after the show, this mother comes up to me, this woman comes up to me and says, you, you, you called that last game completely wrong. You, you, you made our team lose because you called and, and I, oh, great. She believes this is actually, you know, a, a competition. competition. <laughs> That's what we're going for. Right. You know, we want to get them, I want them behind it. But at the same time, what you say that that uh, that mantra, um, we want to win, but we don't care if we lose. There are people that don't understand what that means. Oh yeah, there are people that don't get that. Oh sure, and those are the people where you where you want to slow them down and say, it's game, it's play. We're playing, play, play. we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, and that that's another uh, way I would like to live my. Life is just play, play. So all the time. And, and it's so much fun for me, you know, to go on an elevator. And you see this on, on, on Facebook all the time, stuff you can do that's you know, fun. And so if I get on the elevator and there's only one set of buttons and there's a kid next to the buttons and there's seven floors in the building, say, uh, 13, please. And the kid is going... And the father has to say, he was kidding. He was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just like, that entertains me. I, when you walked in, because I've never met you before, and when you walked in, when I saw you at the, at the door here, I was like, I, I looked in there and said, this is a playful human being. And those are the people that I enjoy having in my life. The, the playful human beings. And, yeah. That's what's so much fun about comedy sports. So it started, I started something this this tournament. You go up behind someone and you scratch them behind the ear and you go, good boy. Good boy. And just, you know, at random. And if they go, everybody that I did that with in comedy sports went, (laughs) you can't do that anywhere else. No, you can't do that anywhere else. (laughs) And and I I look at people, you do do corporate things too? Oh yeah. Yeah, So you watch... What's the what's the challenge that you have most with corporate people? People who have to be in control. That's it. Period. I mean, they have to. The boss has to control a game because that's you know he has to be the boss, and it's very hard for him to give that up. So you play games with them where he has to. But that's that. I don't do a lot of uh, team building. Mm-hmm. Stuff. That's, that's team building. That's yeah, it. Some uh, other people do that. Uh, yeah, that's that's the biggest challenge. People who can't can't give it up, and have to you tell them 
you don't need to be funny. This is not about being funny at all. This is right. about just following the rules. Here are the rules. That's all you have to do, and you'll have a wonderful time. Right. And so you play Dr. Know-it-all. Right. You know, one word at a time. Yes. And they have to think and think and think, think about the funniest word. Right. Oh, that idea of watching somebody think, i that's, that's the thing that I most enjoy doing, is seeing somebody at the beginning of class and say, they're a thinker, and my, and now, because you're probably like this too, where you look at somebody and go, you, right away, one sentence out of their mouth, and you say, I know how I can help that person. Mm -hmm. One you're, sentence. You're a good teacher. I, I love I've teaching. Heard, well, I've heard, I've heard about your classes, and you know, what I've heard is that they're fantastic. I... I I, but I, but I, I appreciate that, and I take that in. And I look at someone and I go, I, I see where your fear lies. See, and for me, that's what it's all that's about. That's being a director, and that's, that's the way to do it. That's being a manager, a director, a coach. We call them coaches. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, there's some people, James Bailey. I know James. Group, you know James? Of course. He teaches a musical, a singing workshop. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I've tried to... Someone said, I'd like to take James Bailey's brain and put it in a blender and then inject it into my ear. And because what does he do? How does he, how does he make everybody completely confident? Right. No one's going, I can't sing. I, I can't. I've never been. And that's what is, when I said tone deaf before, yes. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tone deaf there. What is that quality? Is it, is it that you don't, and you could answer this, that you don't put yourself into it at all? I mean, you don't, not that you don't put yourself in, your ego isn't into it right, at all. Right, right. Your ego right, isn't in there. And, right. And I'm probably, you know, I'm probably too egotistical. I, like, I, if they don't learn, uh, I want them to think I'm a good teacher. And you can't. Is that what you do? You do I, want I, them? I don't I, know. You I, do? I don't. I don't. I don't know. You do. When you're in the middle know. of it, you, so what you're saying just now? <laughs> what you're saying now is when you're in the middle of it, you're outside of it, looking at it. I don't think you're doing that. I think when you're in it, I think when you are in it, you are to you are with that actor at that moment, and you don't care. Again, it's none of your business. You don't care. Your your phrase. You don't care about anything other than I'm with you right now, look at me, I'm with you, I'm with you right now. Is Am I getting that wrong? Yes. I am getting that wrong. You are getting it wrong. I'm getting it wrong. Because that may be the reason I, I'm i not a successful teacher, uh, that I, I'm not focusing on that person and connecting with them on that level where I'm talking to the whole class. Uh -huh. And that's it. Ah, thank you. Now maybe I can teach a workshop. <laughs> I mean, I have so many things to say. And and I know what I, I'm passionate about. When I first started teaching other cities to do it, yeah, I think I I was so passionate. My 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 fervor was so great that they, they got it. Wow, yeah. They got it, it from so so they got your excitement. Yes, yeah. your energy, your excitement, yeah. and yeah. all those other things don't matter. No. Because you, when you're in front of these people, or you were or are, whatever it's going to be, um, you're modeling the excitement that you get out of this. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I've been doing it for 32 years, so I've lost some of that energy that you have to have, the, mm -hmm. the, the internal energy. Is that an age thing, or are you saying... I, I'll give you another story, if we have time. No, we have time. Um, I was teaching UWM classes in Milwaukee, games classes, and mm -hmm. it was nurses and... Uh, UWM is University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And, and uh, interpreters for the uh, hearing impaired. A anybody and everybody could take this. And uh, it was a little frustrating, because there were some people who couldn't even talk. Mm -hmm. you know. And I would teach a class, and I really wanted to... To, to get to those people uh, who, who can't talk. You can't talk. Okay, well, how can we get them to talk? What I had to do was get other people in the group to bring them in. I, I couldn't you know, say, come on, you got to talk. <laughs> there were some people in the group that I knew uh, 
got it. And so they would get this person to talk, which works a lot better. But after my 13th year, I was losing focus. I wasn't having as much fun. How and, let, me, let me just ask you this question. Yeah. How, how often were you teaching? Three times a week. Oh, geez. Three, 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 three times a week. Three, three, three hours a class or more? Two and a half hours a class. Well, so let's say two three. And half, just two and a half minute. hours a class. I, that, three uh, days a week. Yeah. It was, and I, I always wanted to come up with new stuff. New stuff. You know, bring in uh, cartoons from the newspaper. Do you know, new stuff. And I had to grade them. I had to grade these people. And I didn't know if I just could give them all A's or what. So that, I, that was uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I brought in uh, one of our younger uh, instructors into a class to lead the class, you know, take, take, the, take over. And they did. And the next week, this kid who had a little ADHD, whatever that is, uh, said, Hey, uh, Dick, can you bring in more young people? To teach us, yeah, yeah, okay. I got the I got the message, and added to that that I wasn't having as much fun. Right, so I I right. stepped I, I stepped down and I haven't regretted it. Yeah, uh, the that uh, once I I I wasn't there, but I do know that there's a burnout that you get, yeah. where you get. The moment that I felt that I was getting burned out or I was getting cynical, yeah, I had to. I immediately stepped away before it metastasized. Good. I immediately stepped away. Um, I, I was doing drop-in classes in LA, and I found myself like not getting the rise out of it that I was getting out of it before. Yeah. And I and for me, the frustration was. I, I had these drop-ins and they had a lot of people that would come to the class or they wouldn't have a lot of people that come to the class. But every time I started, I had to start anew. And I didn't want to do that. And I also didn't want to commit myself to having an eight-week class because I travel so much. So the frustration for me was starting over again. And I found myself getting cynical and, and getting an attitude. And the moment that that happens, I'm very aware of that to say, this does not help my artistic... Um, uh, this does not help my artistic uh, uh, journey mm -hmm. if I'm starting to get skeptical. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. anytime you get skeptical, it's the death of anything creative. You, you communicate that real quick. You do communicate that. And people see it right away. I saw it with Dell, where I went, you're, you're done, dude. You're done. Or you better find a twist. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Dell found a twist. Mm -hmm. And I saw him reinvent himself mm -hmm. two and three times. Mm -hmm. So the people that I say, that when I hear somebody say, well, Dell wouldn't do that. And that, that was my Dell impersonation. Well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so Dell wouldn't do that. You go, I want to go, wait a minute. Dell reinvented himself. Dell reinvented the, the, you know, Dell would try this. He would try, I, I remember him doing, I, first time I ever saw, 83, 84, 85, the first time I ever saw somebody, you guys might have been doing this, or, or, or Keith might have been doing this, uh, 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 do a movie, you know, back then. You didn't see people doing that. Improvise a movie. Mm -hmm. Improvise a director's movie. Mm -hmm. And Dell did that. Dell would do things like double heralds, where he'd have two herald teams on the stage at the same time, doing a herald at the same time. It was fucking chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he went, well, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And you go, that's the kind of people that I want to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's spoken of in awe and reverence. Whenever I thought he was a prick. Him. Well, he's also spoken of as a prick, right? Too. And, know, and what a prick that guy! <laughs> I got a lot out, but I saw him tear people apart. I saw him, and I, I, sw I swore to myself, if I was ever in a situation like that, I would never treat people like that. And some, he probably—I I don't know what he thought—but uh, some people like that, need that to be. You know, just tell me what you know. I will yeah, tell you. Tell me. I will tell but you. You don't need to, to do it like like that. I am not like, going to tear somebody down. No. I'm why, not going to tear somebody you? down. And and if you you know, I stopped because I wasn't having fun, and I and I was being hypocritical because I always told people, if you're not having fun doing this, please stop. And take a week off. Take two weeks off, and then come back, and you'll be fine. Or you won't be fine, and you'll know that you got to go for longer. Right, right. 
And some people did. Some people took two weeks and never came back. Right. But, <laughs> right, but. Right. They told you two weeks and then they, they, they were lying. But, but that, that's the way I feel about it too. I feel like, I, I feel like if you're not happy, so there's a woman, Susan Messing, I don't know if it's Susan. Mm-hmm. Susan. Yeah. So Susan says, um, if you're doing, how did she put it? Oh, there's probably people yelling at, the, at, their, at their speakers right now. Um, uh, if you're not having fun, if you're not having fun in the show, you're probably the asshole. I think that's the way she puts it. And I feel like that's it. If you got, if you are done, be done. Yeah. I decided that when I was doing Second City in Chicago, uh, the resident company, I vowed to leave before I was bitter. Ah. And you go, how do you get bitter over there? You're making union wages. You're getting, it's the best theater gig. I'm sorry, the best comedy gig right. in the country. Right. You get to do shows, 380 people a night, uh, eight shows a week. Um, union, uh, Benny's like crazy. So do you remember the moment that you were, you found yourself getting, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, critical? Uh, bitter? Bitter. Yeah. I did not get bitter. What I, I, what I, I thought was, this isn't, I'm not getting my rocks off anymore. This isn't exciting to me any longer. Okay. And, and I didn't go, it's because of this place. Because every day, Dick, that I was there, and, and I bet you have people working with you who feel this way. Every day that I was at Second City, if it ended that day, Dianu, man, that's enough. Dianu. I had a good time. If it ended that day, if it ended when I was in the training center, Dianu. If it ended when I was in the touring company, Dianu. That's enough. Mm-hmm. If it ended when I was in, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. suburban uh, location, mm-hmm. if it, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Every day that I was there, and I know it sounds crazy, but I am one of the few people that you can talk to. Um, that was not that I, I. I did not feel fucked over. Wow. And I didn't feel fucked over because I was grateful for every moment that yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. I try to do that. I you tried or try? I I constantly try to do that, uh, and I I, I I'm old. I I just turned seventy three. So you really, I really mellowed, and I I think it happens where you go, hey, I don't know how long I have. I'm not going to get upset about any fucking thing. I'm just not. You know, so whatever happens, happens. If comedy sports were to end tomorrow, if they all said, every person here said, you know, I'm not really getting anything out of this anymore. I, I don't know. It's I feel silly. You know, if they, they all stop, I'd be fine. I mean, that was a trip. That was really something. And I can go on my deathbed because I always worried about that. I was worried about when you because it's never over, you know, till you're dead. And then you don't even <laughs> and then know. Then you don't know. You have no idea. <laughs> uh, God must be an incredible improviser. You know, he's fucked so Look what he did. Uh, Look at the platypus. Uh, yeah. See. It's crazy. Well, yeah. that didn't work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, but you're saying if you're on your deathbed. Oh, you're, when you're on your deathbed, you. Look over, you look back in your life and you, you go, I should have done this. Said, Why didn't I bowl <laughs> or something? Mm-hmm. And it's too late. It's a, and I am absolutely confident that on my deathbed I will go, wow, I feel good about that. I feel good about my, lo- my life. I did some shitty things. And that brought you toward other things. Oh, sure. It, it, it's, you know, it's the old, uh, what is that, well, uh, S training, you know, what is it and all that stuff, which is really, I thought really I haven't thought about S training in a long time. Yeah, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, it is. Yeah, so it's like, is there free will? Well, I don't know. You didn't know where you were born. You didn't know, you couldn't control where you were born. Maybe you could. Maybe you could. Who knows? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter anymore that whatever it is, you know, it is. And so I've seen a therapist uh, because I'm pretty fucked up, and still, and not so much as I was. But he said, "Why don't you do this? Uh, why don't you pretend that you have a year left to live? Just you got a year left, okay? That's it." And I would write in my book, you know, I got, I got uh, 275 days left. And every day, when I, and someone wrote a book called that, I think, called One, one, one Year to Live. And you, 
stop caring about a lot of stuff you used to care about and get you angry and be concerned about and you think this is oh this is bad I, I don't I, I have tro I, I don't do that as much anymore and it's such a relief it is such a, a fucking relief uh, to you just breathe and go you know I'm retired I don't I don't do I don't teach where do you live in live in uh, Mequon, Wisconsin suburb where's that in outside Milwaukee mm -hmm. at a condo association mm -hmm. with everybody's old I think we're the youngest people there and it's it's, it's like heaven to me it's you know have to do anything <laughs> and it's wonderful but when you're retired you've retired you you wake up in the morning and you can do one or two things you can go you can do a lot of things but uh, the first thing you think is you're up and you go holy shit I don't have to do anything today I don't have to do one single thing if I don't want to and that relieves a lot of stress. Other way of waking up is going, oh, what am I going to do today? i got to do something. <laughs> Shit, but i got nothing to do. Crap, what am I going to uh, work on my woodwork? I'll do something. Yeah, so i work on the woodwork. I could, I could uh, make a list. I'll make several lists today. <laughs> You think all those things, and it's such a wonderful feeling to wake up. And go, I don't have to do anything, right? That I don't want to do. That's I the was, part I was doing. That's the that. part, right? You, do, do you do that? Um, I, there are very few things in my life that I don't want to do. Everything that I do. Well, I'm at a point right now where I do. I travel. Uh, you know, like a lot of the people yeah. that you know, I travel around the world teaching improvisation. Um, I have executive platinum on American Airlines until December 31st, wow. so I get upgraded to first class. Uh, I, I, I'm staying in this lovely hotel. People put me up. I love my girlfriend. I love our life. I love our cats. I love the world that I live in. I love that I'm inspired by people because mm -hmm. that's really what it's about. But I, I have no regrets. I'm done. I am done. I was married <laughs> for 14 years, um, and that didn't. That ended. And now I go, I have no, I have no um, dread. I have no obligation to anybody. If you don't like the way that I do something, if you don't like the way that I'm doing something, stop driving around my house. You know what I mean? If you don't like, the way, you know, if you don't like it, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. Because you know what? I love my friends. I love my family. My mother passed away in January. Uh, she was 79. She was very ill. And I went, and that made me go, man alive. I got the greatest brother and sister mm. and sister-in-law mm. and father. My old man's 86 years old. Yeah. He lives, he just moved two years ago, sold his house in Chicago, moved down, bought a house, a house, not a condo, in Cape Coral, Florida. He got a boat. He's doing sculpture. How old is he? he, he he'll be 85. Wow. He'll be 85. And I go, Pop's doing it, man. Yeah. So I look at that and I go, that's it. And one, one thing my dad would say, and I remember, I hear it in my voice. Mm -hmm. he, he would say this. I would go, this got me mad, this got me mad, this got me mad, this got me mad. And he'd say this, Dave, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Mm -hmm. You were lucky. You had, I, a, you, had, you had a good role model. I had I had a yeah. good role model, yeah. and also had people around me, yeah. l like you. You must do. You, you. I bet you. I bet. I bet people look uh, to you as I know they do. I talk to people who have see you as a mentor, and uh, uh, who who see you as a role model, who see you as a model, who look at you in a way that they go, "My life would not be where it is right now if not for Dick." Yeah, and I get that, and I, I get I, I get. Probably more of that than you know most people get, and it makes me nervous. It Why? Used, it used to make me nervous. Okay, great. It used to make they expect me to be something that I'm not, or they, they don't have, they, they know have, you they well? Bigger, well, yes, I found that out today. No, they do, they do. I was refing the show, and and about halfway through the first part of the match. Uh, the audience turned on me because I was taking so long to get suggestions, but the game, you know, recorded a lot of suggestions, and it was funny, you know, because I said something about it, and I thought, I wonder if the, you know, uh, Matt, you know, Matt, mm -hmm. uh, is thinks that I'm taking too long, which I was, and I thought, fuck it, fuck it, I'm just gonna have a good time. 
I'm going to have do whatever I, whatever shtick I want to do. I did, you know. And I had some things planned, you know, some different stuff planned. And it was wonderful because I felt like they're, they they do accept me as I am. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect and I get up and I uh, talk. They want me to talk. They want me to say something. They want some kind of insight into life that I don't have for you. Uh, I, you know, I say, I'm sorry, uh, I don't have anything for you. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have to come up with your own stuff and, you know, I... And uh, I'm sitting down now because <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable. And, uh, <laughs> because I wanted, my problem was I always wanted people to like me. Yes. I had to be liked, which is that, you know, comics, especially Jewish comics, yeah. um, have to be liked. And that doesn't work very well. Uh, and you reach when a point leadership when, when you're in a leadership position, especially. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I ran Second City, I was the artistic director of Second City for. Uh -huh. uh, for 11 years and you reach a point where you go you know what I'm doing it this way and like four years into it you realize I'm not going to make everybody happy I may make a few people happy and there's some people that I really want to be happy because they are they're the front line they're the front office they're the ones that are that mm. I want them to be happy mm. but after a while the greatest gift that you can give yourself and it's a really hard gift is this what you think about me is none of my business and that's the hardest thing. Mm, good for you. <laughs> it, ain't it? That's tough. It's the greatest gift you can yeah, give yourself. It's none of my business. Is to go, you know what? Yeah. It's none of my business. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. and your life is none of is none of my business. My life is none of your business and your life is not my business. No. You get to run your life. If you think that I think about, you know, not you, but if one person thinks that I think about them all the time, it's like, don't flatter no. yourself. Right. I only think about me right. all the time. Yeah, you fuck up somehow and you go... And you, you leave and you go, oh, God, I f that was a fuck up. Right. And you think people are still going, man, he's, uh, he fucked up. And hey, you're gone. You know, they're not thinking right. about you at all. Right. <laughs> or you see somebody like four years later and go, God, I remember I said that horrible <laughs> thing to them. Yeah. Do you know Mike McShane? Do you know how Mike no, McShane is? Okay, there's a guy, Mike McShane. He's a really great, he's a great improviser, game player. Um, and he came to Second City once, and I remember uh, he came, people would visit Second City, and he was uh, he was in a movie or something, and I I, I knew kind of who he was. They're like, come up on stage and do the improv set with us. Mm. So people would come up and do the improv set, and I looked at him, and he was a big guy at that time. He has since uh, lost a bunch of weight. He was a big guy at that time, and I thought, I am going to jump on his back. I want to jump on his back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think he had a back injury or anything. I was like, I'm jumping on his back. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. He's a big guy. I'm a short guy. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we did a scene where I just jumped on his back and I was holding on for mm -hmm. dear life on mm -hmm. his back. Mm -hmm. And we got done and he went back to LA or wherever the hell he was from. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I just, I, that was so, I cannot believe I did that. Moved to LA. And I'm auditioning for a show called Pulp Playhouse, which is a bunch of the impro, you know, the impro people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it was it was Brian Lohman and, uh, you know, it was all those people. And um, and sure enough, Mike McShane is in the audience. Mm -hmm. he, he's an auditor. <laughs> and I go, he goes, um, I think I know you. And it's like, yeah, I, uh, yeah, um, you came to Second <laughs> City. He goes, yeah, I came to Second City and you jumped on my back. And I said, yeah, that was me. He said, I've never felt more welcome oh. in any place I've ever visited oh. than that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the whole play. That's the whole idea of, of, of play in improv, I think, in life, where you play, you just included them in your aura whatever you just notice them people want to be noticed people want not fame but you know you watch a football game basketball game when they have all these kiss cams and everything people just look at me look at me you know i'm here i exist and that's that's what's so much fun i you know what i do now that i really enjoy i i always give people a chance when i ask that question because I hate it when people go, you know where I was last week? And they tell you right away. <laughs> I sort of say, hey, hey, I want to give me a chance to guess. Yeah, you were no. in Chicago. Yeah, you know? yeah. You were yeah I'm so, not going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Uh, what did I say? Uh, you were saying, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, what I like to do these days. Oh, yeah, is greet people when they come in. We have a host mm. and greet every single person that comes in to our door. Sorry about that. That's okay. And um, get them to smile at least. And I'll I'll do some some sort of shtick, which gets a little tired, you know. But uh, or I'll do. Uh, it's fan appreciation. Hi, it's fan. It's fan appreciation night, and I have a roll of scotch tape. And here's your your free tape for tonight. And I don't care who it is. They look at it and go. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much. It's not. Ah, this is great. You just give them a piece of tape. Yeah, and, and they you know they look at what's this for? It's yours. Get the players to sign it. Uh, put it in your scrapbook. Trade them. Trade them with everybody else. Next week, it's duct tape. You get all five kinds of tapes. You get a free ticket to the show. And it's, it's just so much fun to see them because you get the eye contact. Right. You tell them they exist, and you're in on the joke. Right. You're in on and the you're joke. connected. You connect it. And, and I think that there are a lot of people. And, and, and you, have, you run a family-friendly show. Oh, yeah. And that... We call it all ages. All ages. I love it. I love it. An yeah. all ages show. Yeah. So when people come in for that all ages show and you you're you're greeting them at the door, there's a warmth that comes over them. There's a welcoming that comes over them. There's this they feel safe. They also you don't you don't berate them like somebody sitting yeah. in the front row at a at at, at, at a stand up show. No. You know, and we're real careful about that, right? Because if you berate somebody in the front row, they'll laugh, but they'll go. They'll never come back. They'll tell people, "Don't sit in the front row." Uh, if you make fun of somebody, because you know if someone has a weird uh, speech pattern, and you, you make fun of them, they'll laugh, but they will tell everybody that your show sucked. They won't say, oh, it was funny, but, you know, a guy made fun of me. They will go and tell everybody they can find that that show sucked. Don't go see it. It hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart. When I watch some stand-up do that to somebody, I go, you hurt my heart. And, and, and I don't go to a show to, to, feel, to feel humiliated mm -mm. or shamed. Mm -hmm. I go just because I want... I, I go to theater to know that I'm alive and to feel connected. Yeah, yeah. And you get volunteers to come up and play with you. And we had one guy who's so talented, theater guy, who worked with us, played with us. And he his theory was, I we shouldn't take volunteers up on to play with us because if they're great, if they look really good, then we look, you know, average. Anybody can do this. You're not special. If they're bad, then we look bad. And it's just the opposite. You, right. you, got, you make them look good. And they've succeeded. And they, they have this, this, they'll never forget it, for one thing. Yeah. But they have succeeded at doing this brave thing. You know, coming up and doing something. We make it work. I've seen improv troops where they bring people up and just... You know they're not doing well, and they 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 share this with the audience. Oh, we know he's not doing well. Isn't he doing bad? I got I know. I'll go back to him now. <laughs> right, right. And it's just ah. But part of what it is that that comedy sports does, and it's the people that I know from comedy sports are really playful and nice. These are the nicest people, and they're so. And unbelievably talented, which is you know amazing because when we started, we sucked, but there was never any, there wasn't anything like it. They'd never seen anything. So after a show that sucked, we you know the audience we come the audience would come up just we say oh, I was sorry you know we've done better shows and they didn't know what the fuck we were talking about and they were all like oh okay it wasn't good and what they what they loved about it was the format it the improv almost didn't matter no it, it doesn't matter high energy. Uh, format that uh, people glommed onto, uh, and, and it's just been a trip. <laughs> Great. Just, Let's stop there. That yeah. was I love that so much. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. 
When I first did improv, it was so magical I didn't have time to think and it became my religion. What improviser can't relate to that? Thank you for making me laugh, Mr. Chudnow. You are a national treasure. Dick's got a classic Not My Finest Hour coming up after these announcements. There we go. On September 4th, Carrie Clifford and I will be doing Rosowski and Clifford at I.O. West, September 8th through the 10th. I'm back for a weekend workshop with the fine folks at AD&T in New York City. October 6th through the 8th, I'm back in Auckland, New Zealand for a weekend intensive with Thespionage. And October 13th through the 15th, I'll be in Christchurch, New Zealand. Crazy, right? And as always, I acting my online acting classes. If you live somewhere, chances are I'll be teaching there. All workshop information at davidrosowski.com. ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski is produced by Laura Park and me send questions and comments to Dave at addcomedy.com. Here's Dick Chudnow's Not My Finest Hour. And now, Dick Chudnow's Not My Finest Hour. And now, Dick Chudnow's Passover. Uh, we, had, we always got together for Passover, both sides of the family. And it's a big deal. There's a lot of people, 25, 30 people. And I remember going upstairs with my cousin David, David Goldberg. And we went upstairs. We were kids. I think we were nine, something like that. <laughs> uh, we had fart contests. We just would fart and we'd go back and forth. And I really tried to squeeze the top notch fart out and shit in my pants. And my pants were full of poop. We had to go back for the second half of the Seder. <laughs> and <laughs> I went to the bathroom, <laughs> emptied it out, took off my underwear, of course, and threw them away. And uh, prayed that David wouldn't say anything at the Seder. He would say, okay, David, it's your turn to read. Yeah. Uh, and the Lord said, Richard, why do you poop in your pants? Why, why is this night different and you poop in your pants? <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> but I poop. I poop my pants. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's, it's the... Uh, I was about to say, what makes this day different? What makes this night different than any other night? That's right. This night you poop, That's your right. Pants. You poop my pants. <laughs> he didn't tell anybody. Oh, God bless. That's what good cousins are about.